we've been dealing with this subject. Our text was taken from Matthew 18, from 16 to 18. Amen? Part of which says, if two of you shall agree. Amen? That's unity. If two of you, that's fellowship, shall agree, that's unity. Did you see that? Two of you, what is that? Fellowship. Shall what? Agree, harmonize, symphonize. That's what? Unity. In the Bible, you will always find that blend. Why? Because fellowship is the essential, crucial form of relationship that God has ordained that will exist among his people. It's known as what? Fellowship. And it's interesting. The, that form of relationship in God's plan is not only ordained to be one that exists between within God's people. It's the only form of relationship also that God expects to exist between him and his people. Do you understand that? Amen. And the fellowship here, I didn't even have to add this because in the Bible it carries that meaning. The Greek word for that is kononia. But I want to emphasize that the fellowship here is covenant fellowship. It's not every form of relationship is covenantal. But the relationship you're talking about, whether it's between brother and brother, among brethren, or between them and God, it's covenantal fellowship. Covenantal relationship. Amen. So the basic and crucial form that God expects to exist, a relationship that God expects to exist within his people, and between them and him is known as what? Fellowship. Amen. And that fellowship, for it to be sustained, maintained, and be effective, it must operate through a grace known as unity. Unity is a grace given by God to make fellowship, the relationship among his people, effective. Is that clear? And you can take this fellowship relationship from the local congregation down to family relations down to marriage. It's the same. And these are three, the three levels we need to apply the message. The congregation of God's people. Are you following four levels actually? The congregation of God's people. Is that correct? Okay, number one. Number two, the family relationship. Now, I understand that there, not everybody will be born again. But you start Christian fellowship there. And you see what happens. The number three, marital relationship. The number four is the relationship between God and humanity and his people on these three levels. Your individual relationship with God is fellowship. If you don't fellowship with God, you'll be dry. You don't understand. Did Jesus say, abide in me, and I will? What is that? Fellowship. What's the grace there? Unity. <laughs> I tell you this, we are so mixed up with Jesus, if only we can walk in unity with him, that the devil is so confused that he cannot pick you away from Jesus. When he hears our voices, he doesn't know if it's Jesus speaking or you speaking. Oh, come on, you don't understand. If you walk in fellowship with God. Amen. Your relationship with God ought to be on the level of fellowship with God. 
The relationship of a couple, of a marital couple, with God is based on fellowship. A cord of three strands. Have you seen cords taped together, wrapped together? Why do you think they twist them around? They are in fellowship, right? And when they are twisted around, they become one cord, not three cords. Unity. Can we learn from nature? Praise God. And they say a cord of three strands, no one can break. Even the scientists, the modern electrical engineers do a better job. When they put their cord of three strands, every electrical cable you see has three strands. Is that correct? Then they put a coat around it so you see only one cord. You can only see three when you do a cross section. And that's how the Trinity is. That's why it's three and one. Fellowship. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they have what? Fellowship. That's their relationship. And that fellowship is sustained for ages and for eternity based on what? Unity. Am I making sense here? So if you're growing up here as in this world and you don't want fellowship, you don't want unity. The person will be a rolling stone that gathers no more. A lone ranger. Praise God. Amen. So, well, that's what I've been teaching and understanding. Have we, has it been effective to you? Ah, uh, alright, you can say no, I won't get offended at that. But the point is that it has to be fictive. Amen. So we see that, we see the definitions. Fellowship means an association, a partnership, a communion, an alliance. Hallelujah. A communion, a community. Hallelujah. Amen. A community. Unity, other words for unity, harmony, symphony, praise the Lord. Amen. You know, I, like I was demonstrating last week, music, I don't think there's anybody here who doesn't like, love, like music. Is there anybody here? It's one time I wouldn't see a hand up. Everybody likes music, but you know it takes the harmony of instruments. Amen. If I ask A.B. to go and play that piano, the piano is about one musical instrument that you can actually play alone and have worship, piano. No other instrument has the full accompaniment that the piano has. But yet, if she goes there and the drummer is not there, you will hear a difference. Are you following? Because music is a product of symphony, a product of harmony. And when the sound comes out, everybody's rocking, dancing. God dances when we walk in unity. I showed you. Amen? It says, how, how what? Good and what? Pleasant. It is for what? Brethren. To do what? Dwell together. In what? In unity. Is God speaking through David? It wasn't David's idea. So when God sees unity and fellowship among his people, he's pleased. He's rejoicing. Are you, are, you, are you seeing what I'm saying? And if you bust that unity, you have spoiled his party. Seven things God hates. Is that correct? Did we read it here? And one of them is what? He that causes what? Discord among brethren. 
didn't say that God is disturbed by it, or God is perturbed, or God is displeased by it. He said God hates it. He said, is God a hater? Yes, he hates certain things. Unapologetically. So if you've been going around busting unity where you find them, and you say, I'm a unity buster. Directly or indirectly, you answer. Why did Jesus say bless the peacemakers? You know what peacemakers do? They restore fellowship and unity. <laughs> Praise God. Is anybody following? So unity is grace. And that grace is God's nature and ability of oneness between persons. Oneness, what? Between persons. Harmony between different individuals. And there are three levels or four of unity as grace that we've been looking at. So the point here is that without unity, fellowship cannot work. Any fellowship that's in existence and has no unity ends up just being a bumper sticker only. There's nothing to it. Are you following? When you supply unity to it, you see it blossom. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And so... The unity is grace that sustains and makes, maintains and, and makes fellowship effective. Are you all following? And I want to say this about fellowship. We'll talk about it when you come to the power of fellowship. Things get birth out of fellowship. You want me to say that again? Huh? God created nature in such a way that without fellowship, no birth can come forth. I know you're all everybody's thinking of biological birth. That's one level. Let's look at spirituality. You cannot bring forth anything unless there's fellowship. Spiritually. You know the church we are in today. You know how it came forth? It was birthed out of fellowship. <laughs> the church would not have come forth. Would not have come forth only if those 120 disciples had stayed together. And sit and grown together. And the church wouldn't have left Jerusalem and gotten here if they had not walked together. Hello? All right. Praise the Lord. I'm not trying to wake you up from sleep. Everyone's awake, at least for now. Just want to make sure you follow me. Are you you, you following what I'm saying? So, on three levels, or four or five levels, the unity, the grace of unity, first we found it in the Godhead. It is an essential nature of the Godhead. Number two, we found it in humanity as a whole. But humanity corrupted it, out of which came, out of that corruption came Babel, disunity, division of tongues. Hallelujah. Then unity in humanity now becomes gang up. Evil unity. Are you all hearing me? Gang ups, evil unity. And if it's raised against God and his people, it will never stand. So if you see people ganging up against God, against his kingdom, against God's people, and you put your head in there. <laughs> get ready for what you get. Praise God. Number three, unity among God's people. The three levels. The third one is unity among God's people. When we looked at God's people under four headings, number one is the patriarchs. There are unity among them whenever they work together. The patriarchs never existed as a nation or local congregation. But every once in a while, at least two of them came together. Abraham and Lot were an example. Is that correct? 
All right. Number two, the nation Israel. The first group of God's people that came forth as a nation was Israel. Did you see the unity among them last week? Amen. They came together. How blessed and pleasant that it is for brethren to come together in unity. Amen. It's like oil that poured upon Aaron that runs through his bread and through his cloak and so on and so forth. And he says, there the Lord commands the blessing, not blessings. The blessing. There, in that unity, that's always the presence of the Holy Spirit. Unity among God's people that's based on Jesus Christ always attracts the Holy Spirit. Do you understand? Amen. So we dealt with Israel last week. Today we are dealing with the church. Unity as grace among the church. Are we ready for that? Okay, and that's where we are. This is the church. This is the church. Praise the Lord. I say praise the Lord. The grace fellowship, the God's ultimate people from after the ascension of Jesus, from after Pentecost until the rest of time and eternity. The ultimate people is the church. We all agree with that? Only Wilson, then less of you are nodding. Amen. That's the ultimate people. And you have no need to miss any fellowship of the past before the church. Because this is the ultimate. Are you, are you following? This, everything that happened before Pentecost was a foreshadow of what you're having now. So we better come up with that standard. And because of this, God expects and demands the highest standard of fellowship and unity from the church. Do you understand? And the Bible makes this clear. That's what we are going to look at today. And at the end of the day, you have to make sure that you are an agent of fellowship, an instrument of unity. That's our responsibility. Now, when there are evil among us, we have to deal with it in a godly way. We shouldn't let that evil divide us. Do you understand? If anybody is causing confusion, don't divide. We come together and say, uh uh-uh, we can't have this. Do you understand? We have to come together. One of the ways church is split today is they see somebody doing wrong, they split. Some for him, some against him. Do you understand? If anything is not right, we come together and say, this is not right. It's not hard to do. To know when something is right and something is wrong. It's not hard. Except that we get ourselves all polluted with feelings, with sentiments. With where does he come from before I know what to say? Oh, it's from my tribe. We don't talk to each other about our tribe. It's a tribe. Are you following? You have one tribe. That's the church. I'm telling you the truth. Every other tribe you come from, belong from, is inconsequential. It's secondary. By nature, they call me an evil man. Okay, I'm happy for that. Thank God for that. That's my natural identification. I don't resent that. I like that, but I am something bigger than that. I am of the kingdom of God. Now, what happened is that I came from heaven and stopped through Igbo land. That's what happened. No, you didn't know that. It's, I love the fact that God made me to come from among that people. It's very important. It's good. But it does not 
counter what God is doing. Because at the end of the day, I tell you the, the truth. It's God who made all this. When he divided them at Babel and gave them languages. That's how it happened. Are you following? And he has worked out well. I love my language. I love my culture. Any godly, ungodly one, I don't like it. Are you all hearing me? I, lo- I like the identity. But I'm not pinned down. And God who is going to use that, whatever, if I see the grace of God, and bless my people. And bless every people. Do you understand what I'm saying? So don't get tied up to any ethnic classification. Are they important? They have rose the play. Are you following? But don't let that rob you of what God has for you. Don't discriminate against anybody because it's not of the same with you in any way. Not only your racial identity, your academic level, your social class. All these are division, points of division. We have to be very careful. Are you following? And if you follow it, it has no end. Have you, have you noticed that? If you follow division and discrimination, you go to your mother's house. Amen? From your father's house, you go to your mother's kitchen. Even there, you're discriminating. And you, you use the date of birth to discriminate. This one, it was after I sucked my mother's breast, she was the next. The other one sucked the breast before me. It's all trying to make divisions. And people do that at every level. Do you understand? So it will get to anywhere unless you stop it at somewhere. Don't discriminate against people. Even if they're unbelievers, don't discriminate against them. Are you hearing me? Praise God. So the point we're making here, we are looking at what you, fellowship, the church has a fellowship, and the level of grace that God has for it. Here's it. The name church is from the Greek, ecclesia. You know what it means? Assembly. It's the word used for the city council in those days. Is the word that you can use for the senate whereby people are elected to come and represent and pass law. It's an assembly. Is that not fellowship there? When people assemble together, naturally, what do you expect? Disagreements, arguments. So the name church means assembly of what? People from where? Every tribe and tongue. Don't you see confusion right there? Okay, sorry, you didn't see that. Do you see that? Okay, by nature, we are not supposed to see eye to eye. Oh, when I give you the composition of the church in the Bible, you understand what I'm saying. By nature, human nature, we are not supposed to see how. Eye to eye, because we are from every tribe and tongue. We are supposed to be confused. And rise up against each other. Praise the Lord. But that's the name God called us. Ecclesian assembly of people from where every tribe and tongue. And how did God intend to make us one people? By the grace of unity. Praise God. Amen. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians the second chapter. Amen. Praise the Lord. 
Okay, before we go, keep your finger in Ephesians 2. Go with me to John 17. Let's take John 17 first. So God gathered us together. Is that correct? All right. He gathered us together. People from every tribe and throng. Jesus said, Father, I have brought them together. I'm gathering them together. And then he was praying to the Father. He said that they may be what? One. Even as you and I are what? One. You see, he had prayed out every division. He's bringing people from every kind of the world together. You, have, you can't appreciate this until you travel around the world and see differences. Praise the Lord. In my language alone, we have what we call dialects. In my country, we have about 200 and something languages. I don't mean dialects. Different languages. 305. The last count. You'll be checking. I'll be asking you every time. 305. Now, he and I speak the same language. But if I speak my dialect, he'll go to Mr. Lemadim and say, what did he say? That's my dialect. If he speaks his dialect in the way he really spoken, I will Google. That's humanity for you. But look at what God is doing. Jesus prayed that all may be what? One. Even as you, Father, and I. Now, if you're raising new blocks of division, and that's what we're doing. We have our bags of little tricks of division in church. Whenever something happens, we pull one out. And then people divide. We say, I got them. <laughs> You answer. Are you all listening to me? Praise the Lord. So Jesus prayed. And then here's what we have here. Ephesians chapter 2. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. Let's see the broad classifications of what became the church. Ephesians 2. Quickly, I'll read verse 11 from verse 11 to 20. Therefore, remember that formerly you, the Gentiles, formerly before. Hi. There is a before for us. There is a past for us. Before you, the Gentiles, that statement is loaded. Hallelujah. That statement is what? Loaded. You, the Gentiles, permit me to you say this. You, the dogs in the flesh. Oh, yeah, that's what it means. You, the uncircumcised. Wow. You who do not have any portion in the true God. That's what it means. Are you all listening? In the flesh. Who are called, listen, and I like God. God is balanced. Who are called what? Uncircumcision by who? By who? Did you notice it's so-called? <laughs> God has a way of humbling you. When you say, I am this great man, I'm this great. After you finish bragging, I tell the others, you're low and low. God say, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, they are low. But what you think of yourself is only so-called. We were called uncircumcision by who? Circumcision? No, so-called. You know what he told him at some point? He said, you're bragging before me. Go and ask your father, Abraham. He was a dry man when I called him. Your mother said I was dry. <laughs> Don't brag before God. He said, who are you, old man? <laughs> to talk back to me? Oh, no. He told him. Your father, Abraham, he, David, he said you were a, a, a shepherd, a cattle boy, when I called you from the... Moses, with all the anointing, he said you were the back of the desert when I called you. <laughs> By the so-called circumcision, which is performed in the flesh by human hands. 
Remember that you, the Gentiles, were at that time separate from Christ. That's a terrible situation. Separate, alienated from Christ. No part with Christ Jesus. But now the Gentiles have more of Christ than the original people. Have you noticed the miracle? Amen. Tremendous. Moving on. Separate from Christ. Excluded. Strong words. Excluded from what? From the commonwealth of the what? Of Israel. That was a commonwealth. But this is the commonwealth now. And guess who is holding it? The Gentile, those from the Gentile past. Are you following? Amen. Strangers to the covenants of promise. Come on. Strangers. But now, we are keeping the highest, the greatest, and the last covenant. Known as the new covenant. Are you, are you following? You got, you got to learn to appreciate this. They are bigger than Mercedes-Benz and Cadillacs. I'm telling you, and, and mansions. These things are the real things that matter. Are you all hearing me? They are bigger than jobs, whether you have jobs or not. These are the things that matter. If you have this, every other thing shall be what? Added unto you. These are the things you have to see. God, you brought me this farm. Give me all these things free of charge. <laughs> you thank him. You kneel down. You lay down. Praise God. Continue. Amen. Having no hope and without God in this world. But now, that's present. You know, we started from the past, right? But now in the present. Look at that. Look at your blessings. But now, in Christ Jesus, he always in Christ Jesus, not outside of him. You who formerly were far off, who were what? Far off, have been what? Brought near. The King James says, nigh. I like that. Nigh. <laughs> Hallelujah. Having brought nigh. Amen. By what? The blood of Christ. Wow. Are you beginning to see fellowship there? Amen. Co- fellowship, covenant of fellowship. Moving on. By the blood of Christ. For he himself is our what? Peace. Oh, that's an illusion there. Amen. What? What kind of peace? Watch. For he himself is our what? Peace. What verse? 14. 14. Himself is our peace. Who made both groups into one and did what broke down the barrier of the dividing wall. That's the church right there. Who did you see the did you see fellowship there? And unity there? Did you see them? Alright. Amen. He made two. That's division. He made two what? One. That's unity. And in fellowship. Did you notice that? Huh? And what did he do to make two one? When they were two, there was a wall of division. What did he do? He broke the wall of division. For what purpose? That the two might be what? One. So if you raise any wall of division now, you are trying to undo the work of Christ. In the local congregation, in the family, in marriage, whether you know it or not. Now you can, after today, you can't say, I didn't know that. Now you know it and you have no excuse. Work for unity. Praise the Lord. And who are the two? Who are the two he's mentioning there? Huh? Jew and Gentile. These people could not see eye to eye before Jesus came. You don't understand. They used to call us dogs. 
uncircumcision. And we call them so-called circumcision. Didn't you see what a division? Amen. Praise the Lord. Paul suffered. No, Paul really suffered. In those days, if a Jew see you come out of a Gentile's house, if you weren't Paul, you station a traffic controller by the door to check if a Jew is coming before you come out of the house. If you are coming out of a Gentile's house and you're a Jew, and they see you, you're disowned. You have no idea what we have today. You have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea. You, we, we are counted as people who amount to nothing. Do you understand? So that's why they rejected Paul. Paul, up to today, is their number one enemy. Paul got Gentiles. Oh, Peter suffered first. And Peter fought the Lord. You know, when the Lord said to him, go. Showed him those things, that plate. The plate was wild animals. And they were representing Gentiles. Peter knew the Lord. He said, how can I kill and eat dirty things? He saw that before the messengers came. They came, he said, follow us. Where? To a Gentile's house. Peter said, how can this happen? Are you following? When he got there, he, was there, he started preparing his argument to meet his Jewish brethren. And then when, when he was teaching, he knew that to baptize those people with the Holy Spirit is the worst sacrilege anybody can come. So God allowed him to preach salvation for them. Amen? He would not even baptize them in water because if he had baptized them in water, it means he's initiating them, Gentiles, into the God of Israel. So while he was talking to them about Jesus, the Holy Spirit baptized them with water. He said, thank you for saving my head. No, do you understand? That's what happened. Then after they were baptized, he said, can anybody stop me now from baptizing them with the Holy Spirit? That would have been the bigger problem. Praise God. Why was the Holy Spirit giving baptism of the Holy Spirit? Primary reason was to bring the people together. If you notice, when the Holy Spirit came, he was traveling. Oh, no. Let's, let me show you. Pentecost, right? Majority of people who received the baptism of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost were Jewish. So that was his landing. He landed in the Jewish quarters of the earth on the day of Pentecost. After that, where is the next time, place people received? Come on. Is that why you didn't get visitors today? Huh? Huh? Cornelius. Cornelius. Are you sure? No. You, you skipped. You're too fast for me. Samaria. Samaria. Are you following? Now I'm going to see divisions that were in existence before Jesus came. Which the Holy Spirit brought back together. Are you hearing me? The first people who came to in Acts chapter 2 were Jews. And you know what God did? He brought Jews from all over the world. He planned it for that weekend. That was the weekend they celebrated their own Jewish Pentecost. So they used to travel from wherever they are in the diaspora and came to Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit came there. And all of them from all over the world who came received the Holy Spirit. And those who didn't receive it saw it. And Peter preached. 3,500 joined in. That was the Jewish people. Then the next place he went to was Samaria. Are you all following? Samaria, right? 
Now, what about Samaria? Why Samaria? Because for years, you know when they divided into two, north and south, right? Okay. They were both carried into exile, right? The south came back complete as whole. The two and a half tribes. Amen? But the north never came back as whole. They got mixed married. Amen? Their capital city, when they were in northern Israel, was Samaria. So when they came back, before they came back, Gentile had taken over that land. So when they came back up to today, anybody from the north, you could not find somebody who's purely Jewish among them. That's the meaning of the Samaritans. They are mixed breed, Jews and Gentiles. So the real Jews never ever accepted him again. But the Holy Spirit came. Listen, before the Holy Spirit came, Jesus says, you will be my witnesses where? In Judea, Jewish capital. Uh, capital. Jerusalem, Jewish circle. Samaria, mixed breed. Come on, praise the Lord. And the what? Uttermost part of the world, Gentiles. You will be my witnesses. What is the witnesses? To bring them together into a new body known as the church. Is anybody following? I was talking to a brother yesterday. And he was concerned about the division. The churches. Everybody should be divided. Every church, every block, everywhere. I said, you know the good thing, my brother. We cannot fix that now. We can't get them all together. Say, come. Come to 4550. Five, five, everybody. That's where church is. You can't do that. I said to him, when Jesus comes back, he will do that. He will station in Jerusalem and have one congregation. That's where Isaiah says, come, let us go to the house of Jacob. It's in that millennial age. Everybody from around the world, we troop there. Are you following? But for now, I can go over to a church over there. As long as Jesus is here, I can sit down and have good service. I don't even have to tell them I'm a pastor. When I travel out here, I don't sit at home. Sunday I say, well, TLC is not here. No branch of TLC. There's no branch of TLC anywhere yet. But I can bet you if I travel out of this country, I'll go to church. And I do. Are you all following? All right, so the Holy Spirit now came to Samaria. They got the Holy Spirit. They sent to the apostles. They say they got Christ. So they deserve to have the Holy Spirit. That's why the Holy Spirit came. From there, he went to the Gentiles. Cornelius. Are you following? Do you see the systematic order of God? Cornelius. And from there, it started spreading. Praise the Lord. It started spreading. Praise the Lord. So anywhere the Holy Spirit comes, any of those circles. And after that, after, after Cornelius, he went to people of other religions. Uh-huh. In Acts 19, he asked some disciples of John the Baptist, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? He said, what's that? He said, what baptism have you baptized for? He said, it's John's baptism. He converted him to Christ, baptized him with the baptism of Christ, and then laid hands and the Holy Spirit came. So the Holy Spirit was a, is a seal of unity. Anywhere he came is to let you know these ones also belong to God. And by the Holy Spirit, they are brought unto God. They gave them tongue. To say that the division of tongues that happened in Babel is back in one. Are you all following? So 
to all of you who are experts in division, it's time to repent. Praise God. Let's go back there. That he might, well, what, what verse did I stop? By abolishing in his flesh the what? Enmity, which is the law of commandment. The law separated Jew and Gentile. Did you realize that? That's one of the reasons why the law was taken apart and Christ, the author of unity, is put in his place. Christ and grace. Watch it. So that in himself he might make the two into what? One new man. What is the one new man? The church. Did you understand that? The church, one of his names, one new man. Why is that important? Because he's made of people from every tribe and tongue. Amen. Why? Thus, establishing what? Peace, shalom, well-being. Not only cessation of conflict, but well-being. If you are in a house of confusion, your blood pressure will always be up. Are you hearing me? Every sickness, in fact, sickness you didn't have before, it's like neck pain can come on you, boom, from nowhere. They say, watch how you lay down. You lay down your neck. It's not true. It's tension. Have some of you been feeling, and I'm, I'm being practical here. Have some of you been feeling pain in the, on your chin and jaw over a time? I was discussing this with an ENT surgeon once. He said to me, he said, some people go to bed, especially in anger. They're grinding their teeth. You know why? Carry over of anger from the day. You go to sleep. All you do in your sleep. And then you wake up. You say, I always feel pain. You can go out to all the doctors. Unless you begin to let go. You'll be feeling a lot of bile coming up of your body. Okay, sorry. You didn't like that one. I'll take back the information. We'll look for another one. This one didn't cut it. Praise God. I said to the surgeon, really? He said, yes. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. All right, moving on. Verse 21 and 22. Let's go to 21, 22 quickly. 21, 22 of that verse. Here's what it says. 21, 22. Okay, let's, let's start from 19. So then, you are no longer what? Strangers and what? Aliens. But what? Fellow citizens and the, with the saints. Who, who was he referring to with the saints here? Those from the Jewish nation who have been serving God in truth. They were the saints. And now you Gentiles, all of a sudden, boom. Because of Christ, you are no longer strangers. You are one with them. Do you see grace there? Praise the Lord. Why? For God's emphasis on oneness. He's willing to do anything to remove any barrier. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Having been built on the foundation of the what? Apostles and prophets. So original apostles and prophets. Is there any Gentile on the list? Huh? Not one Gentile on the list. You say, but why God? Why did God choose? You know, you see, we got to... We got to uh, really uh, watch each other, take care of each other. Even God, He said, discriminate. It's not true. He chose all twelve of them. They were Jewish, no Gentile. 
But guess God's wisdom? He was using them as a foundation so that when the Gentiles come, we'll stand on it. Does he have right to do that? God never dis- Anytime you think that God is discriminating, no. Watch him. He's building the foundation for unity. Praise God. And the prophets, not one of the prophets of old, is Gentile. But today, guess who is preaching out from their scriptures? We. Guess who their, their prophecies are applying to? The church. Are you all following? Okay, watch. Christ himself being the what? Cornerstone. Amen. Next verse. Watch. In whom the whole building, was the building there? The church. Being fitted together. How is it? Fitted what? Together. Watch. Is that fellowship? In unity. Now, if it's no unity, it will not be fit together. Round pegs in square holes. Or square pegs in round holes. But that's not the case. Amen? Alright. It's growing into a what? A holy temple. What's that? The church. In who? The Lord. In whom also you are being built together. You are being built how? Together. You are stones. Peter said we are stones built together. Amen? Built together into a dwelling of God. In the spirit. Here's the church folks. Do you see fellowship there? We are being built where? Together. Into what? A, into, a, yes, into a dwelling. The temple of God. Hallelujah. Amen. In the spirit. Every one of us is a brick. In the temple of God. I, did, you didn't hear me. I said every one of us is a what? A brick. That forms what? The temple of God. So is every one of us important? If you take out one brick out of that wall, is the wall intact? Will it affect the building? If you're a brick and you take yourself out, did you do the Lord a good or a bad? So don't take yourself out. You know, you don't you don't kick some people out, but they take themselves out. It's as bad as when people kick them out. Praise the Lord. Do you think these things apply to you and me? Is it important for the hour? Will it meet our needs for the hour? Is a pastor, I came here for breakthrough this morning. How is he going to bless me? You're going to see at the end. Praise the Lord. I will I will I will give you a little glimpse of it at the end. But you know. Just before that end comes, I'll let you know that when you function fully in this order, there are a lot of prayer points you remove from your list because they will manifest. Praise God. Okay, Romans chapter 12. Romans 12. Amen. Romans, the 12th chapter. Amen. Verse Romans 12. Therefore, uh, let me start from verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, my brethren, by the message of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove that what the will of God is, and which is good, acceptable, and perfect. Renew your mind. Renew your mind. You know what that means, right? Base your attitudes, your thoughts, your thinking. Your actions on the word of God. Not on your feelings. Not on your opinions. Praise the Lord. And the most 
practical way to do it is the next things we are going to read. Are you following? Let's see what they are. Amen. Verse 3. For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, do not think more highly of himself than he ought to think. You know that will, what that will bring? When you start thinking of yourself more highly, you know what it will bring? Huh? Division. Division. He said, ah, I didn't bother anybody. I just told them that I'm bigger than all of them. And they got mad. Hmm. I, just, I just show off. I love to show off for the Lord. So when I come in the house of the Lord, I show off for the Lord. If you're showing off for the Lord, not in the house of God. Let me tell you what works, what God wants in the house. You don't come to your brethren and let them know how greater and bigger you are towards them. Amen? You know what the Bible recommends? We're going to see before this series is over. Be the lowest among them. That's the principle in the house of God. And guess what will happen? God will not allow you to stay the lowest. He will do what? Uphold you, exalt you. Do you understand? Years ago, I had a sister who came out for testimony. This new building. I thank God. I thank my God. can't tell my age. Even though I'm past so-so age, I look better than all of you. No, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. Some of you can remember this. My tummy was turning. I said, dear Lord, can somebody take the mic? Look at, when I look at some of your faces, you look so worn out. But God has beautified me. I am not kidding. And this one has been in church before I was born. And that's the worst thing I've ever seen. I say, really? Some of these people don't understand what we're talking about. The Bible said, do not consider yourself more highly than the others. If anything, you be the bottom. We're going to get there. To, to Philipp- Philippians will, will get you. Will really fix you. These are the part of the Bible you don't like to read. You like the Psalms. The Lord destroy my enemies. Back to send our Lord. I looked at her and said, Really? Alright, don't get me there. What verse did I read? <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. I'm telling you. He said, He's thanking God for that. That your brethren are all worn out. And you're the only one shining. You're thanking God for that. Dear Lord, have mercy. And meanwhile, there's something he doesn't have. A lot of the brethren have it. Suppose they come and give testimony in that. Then you have division. People have no sense. No Christian sense. They have religion. But they don't have Christian sense. Are you hearing me? You should lay down your life to help your brother bring them up. That's what God has called us for. Praise the Lord. Alright, moving on. You don't like that one. For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think more highly of himself. Than you ought to think, but to think as to as to have sound what judgment as God has alluded to each one a measure of faith. Uh-huh. Here's the point there. For just as we have many what members, what's that? Fellowship, fellowship, fellowship. Amen. Did you see that? We have many what members. What's the definition of fellowship? Association. Partnership, community, communion. Did you see fellowship there? We have many members. 
Amen. Just as we have many members in what? One body. Unity. Look at the human body. Let's look at the human body now. We have many different parts. But you know how they operate? Unity. Praise God. That's why if something happens to one organ, it affects the other organ. So you see unity in fellowship there. That's the church. Watch what it says. Since we have, so we have, we who are many, okay, for just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function. Diversity. Amen? There has to be diversity. Amen? So we who are many are what? One body in Christ. <laughs> okay. You didn't get that. You're going to get it in the next minute. Amen? Amen. And what? Individually, we have to maintain our individuality, but individually, members of one another. You are a member of another. Meaning that what affects you will affect the other person. Wow. Praise God. What verse is that? Six now. Since we have gifts, you see how the gifts of the Holy Spirit are coming now. If you don't understand the unity in fellowship, you cannot operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because it's never given to lone rangers. You don't understand. A lot of people are looking for the gift of the Holy Spirit when they have no part. They've not discovered their part in their body. They've not discovered their position in their body. They've not discovered their role in the body. They've not discovered, humble themselves, put themselves in. That's how it works. You go to Acts, First uh, Corinthians chapter 12, where the gifts of the Holy Spirit are analyzed. That's where this unity is broken down. Very good. In chapter 13, it says, even though I can speak in tongues of angels, but I have no love. It says, I sound like a clanging symbol. Can we understand the New Testament? Is it possible? It will take, take away a lot of headaches and confusion. Watch what happens. We are members one of another. Praise the Lord. Amen. Stop saying that their church. That their church. That their church. Meanwhile, they've been coming there. There's an attitude like that. It's not right. You must be a part of a local congregation and be the part real good. And I want to warn you, you will not find a perfect one congregation. Let me say this to you. I've said it for years. If you find a perfect congregation, the moment you join it, it will not be perfect anymore. Of course, you know why. Because you're not perfect. So when I see you joining them, I say, Dear Lord, help those people. Imperfection in religious garb is coming their way. Jesus, move, Lord. Praise God. All right, moving on. Since we have gifts that differ, diversity, according to the grace given to us, each one of us is to exercise them accordingly. Aha. Uh-huh. Did you notice that? What verse did I say we are going to stop? 13. Amen. Okay. Hallelujah. Let's actually, I think we have done some justice there. We'll get back to that on another service. Praise the Lord. I say praise the Lord. Let me take this time, the remaining five minutes, I'll be sure, no less than five minutes, to look at Philippians 2 quickly. Philippians 2. 
one to five, and then we return. I thought we'd finish uh, unity in the church today, but we didn't. Take it on next week. Philippians 2, 1 to 5. I therefore, therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, come on, encouragement in Christ. Did you understand? If there is any consolation of love, if there is any what? Fellowship of the Spirit. Did you hear that word? If any affection and compassion make my joy complete by being of the same mind. Okay. What's that? Huh? Unity. Did you see fellowship before it? Amen. You know what? If you must have fellowship in Christ and be able to function in your spiritual gifts, you must have unity first. Oh no, you didn't get that. Do you get it? If you must operate in spiritual gifts, you must have fellowship in the spirit with others. And then, also, you must look for unity. Is that clear? Okay. All right, moving on. How do we do that? Apostle Paul. Amen. Being of the same mind, that's unity, right? Maintaining the same love, that's unity. Amen. United in spirit, that's unity, unity. <laughs> Amen. Intent on one purpose. That's unity. Woo. Praise God. Do nothing from selfishness or empty consent. Because that's disunity. Every people in church, everybody have their agenda. Some are hidden. Some are pregnant with hidden agenda. But everything bobs up. You find out who is for and against. Are you all hearing me? You don't run your own agenda. Find the agenda that Christ has given that local congregation and work with everybody. Don't have your agenda running behind. It will be exposed one day. Praise God. Are you listening? Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Did I say that a few minutes ago? Ah. That's the part of the Bible you wish were not there. Oh God, no, I can't do that because I'm more important than them because I, I earn more. None of them, if they come to my office on Monday morning and see where I work, you can't talk to me like that. I'm just telling you what happens in church. Even where I park my car, they can't come in there. If they see who carries my file in the office, they should be happy that I come to church. Or oh, some people don't say it, but that's the attitude. And being real with us, are you are you hearing me? And 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 they come to church and they look at the head of the people who are there, and and they want to wonder how, how much does he make in a year? Is that all? That's not how God looks at us. Do you understand what I'm saying? Amen. Praise God. All right, let's round up here. Amen. Amen. I hope I didn't offend anyone. Okay. Am I saying the truth? This is the first time I heard that from you. As a group. Amen. And it's good on a hot day like this. That helps me. Amen. Doing nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourself. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest. 
but also for the interest of others. Listen, have this attitude in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who, although he existed as God, but humbled himself and so on and so forth, we will deal with that. What are we saying? Pastor, what are you saying here? We must. Some of the things I read here are things that affect the fellowship because they affect the unity. Are you following? And what a lot of things we saw, now you're seeing what God, the emphasis God puts in unity among his people. Did you see it? That's what we're doing this morning. That Christianity, local congregation, general congregation, based on unity. Pastor Chisholm doesn't have a branch of his church in the U.S. I don't have a branch of my church in the U.S. But whenever he comes to New York, he worships there. We didn't know from Adam. We knew in Christ. You understand that? He showed up last year and so on and so forth. And we're worshiping together. Do you understand? So on the global level, unless there is adulteration of truth, if anybody's worshiping Christ on one leg and Buddha on the other, I won't have fellowship with them. I don't care what you say. Are you hearing me? All right. If somebody belongs to Chris Lam, have you heard of that one before? Chris Lam. It's Christianity mixed with Islam. If I show up in the middle of the survey, I discover that's where they are. I tap my wife on the head. Tap my children. Say, excuse me. When we get by the door, we ask the Lord to purge us. And cleanse us. He said, but, but we all one. We all God's children. It's not true. We are not all God's children. If you're not in Christ, you're not a child of God to begin with. And so we are not all God's children. Oh, come on. You Christians, you discriminate. No, we don't discriminate. Our point of unity is Christ. Praise the Lord. Are you hearing me? For the Bible says in Christ, there's no Greek, no Jew. Muhammad doesn't say that. Muhammad kills everybody every time. Are you all hearing me? Buddha doesn't say that. If you go, Hinduism doesn't say that. All we have in Hinduism is caste system. This is higher caste. This is lower caste. This is middle caste. This is underground caste, subway caste. This is all caste, 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 caste. Christ doesn't say that. Praise the Lord. Do you know what he does because of fellowship he has with us? Everything that belongs to the Father belongs to him. But because of fellowship, he shares them with us. I know when he shares them with us, he doesn't have the larger portion. No. He gives us exactly the same portion that he has. You believe that? And when he said we are seated on the throne with him, I'm not sitting on the corner of the throne. See how I'm pushing? That's how Christ keeps moving from me. I'm seated with him. I'm not seated one foot beneath him. He's the one that was qualified. But because of the spirit of love, unity, and fellowship, he brings me to sit on the throne. Is, are you clapping for Christ or for me? If it's for Christ, you better do it better. Come on. Come on now. Come on. Come on. Come on. Can we stand up for him as we clap? Let's stand up for the Lord.